Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of State of the YouTube. Monkey Jones is off, and uh, through the work of uh, delayed uploads, this episode will make it seem like there's a huge time delay after the previous one, when really it's just 10 minutes later, but Monkey Jones, alas, is not here, because he's gone to go make out with his boyfriend, Asterios, on his Twitch yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah. He had better things to do. He had instead of talking to us uh, on this podcast, of which he is one of three, uh, he wanted to go and do his own thing, leaving us just to be two, a couple. Yes. So uh, today uh, we we got some more breaking YouTube news that is definitely relevant. Um, comment below if you like us covering breaking news that's very current and definitely has not occurred. Almost a month earlier. Yeah, is this is this older? Is it still progressing? What we're about to talk about? Uh, the the situation has basically died out. But what we're going to be talking about here is a little bit of YouTube drama coming from Gasp, the educational sphere of YouTube. Oh, great! I didn't My realize favorite. it was capable. E-how? I didn't realize it was capable for these guys to feel anger and all these negative emotions, jealousy. Uh, yeah, right. It seems like the drama aspect uh, that that's been fueling YouTube is just creeping into every other genre of video making. That's Whatever right. Whatever keeps you relevant. So you're gonna have to explain this one to me. Okay, so Rusty's not exactly totally aware because he only saw the Philip DeFranco report about it. But there's this YouTuber that goes by the name of Coffee Break, and he makes sort of video essay type videos with like lo-fi hip-hop that whole genre like the captain christian um every frame of painting what does he talk about he just talks about various i don't know pop culture related stuff or he breaks down some psychological stuff at times um i watch his content sometimes and it's pretty good but At the beginning of March, he decided to release a video calling out Kurzgesagt, which is one of the biggest educational channels on YouTube. For those of you not familiar with Kurzgesagt, they are the channel that makes the really slick-looking, colorful animations about science topics. So they're an actual science channel as Coffee Break is more of just talking about anything and all things? Yeah, more... philosophy, social sciences, I guess. So the Coffee Break call-out video is basically accusing Kurzgesagt because what everyone else saw on YouTube is that Kurzgesagt, a few days before this, uploaded a video about trust and transparency, and they announced that they were deleting some of their older videos that they felt were not adequately researched. Yeah, yeah, it's like an issue with uh, with what pop science, I guess they call it, where they're kind of giving you this real layman's uh, broken down explanation of of science, and it actually oftentimes misrepresents the the true nature and the actual research and and um, understood nature of the science itself. Right, but what happened was that it turned out that this whole um, this whole video that Kurz Gazette released about trust and privacy may have been originally spawned through an email correspondence that they had with Coffee Break, where Coffee Break contacted them originally about some of these videos in question that they ended up deleting. Wait, so Coffee Break was just, he was calling them out? Um, He was preparing to create a video calling them out, basically, yes. And he had scheduled an interview with sort of the main guy from Kurzgazette, and according to the Coffee Break video, the Kurzgazette people stopped responding to his emails. And he alleged that they intentionally delayed his research so that they could release their own video and sort of kill the drama before it even started. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they talk about it before. Well, I mean, so, so was Coffee Break planning on doing a call-out video of this other dude or... It or would seem was it supposed to be like an actual interview or something. It would seem 
that that would be the case, but he was still trying to do somewhat of his journalistic due diligence by contacting the people behind Kurzgesagt to comment on the issue. But he got, according to him at least, he got rubbed the wrong way because at least that's how he presented in his video where he was mm-hmm. going to have this big scoop, this big story about how one of the biggest educational channels on YouTube is dishonest and deceitful. And then Curses had so- went ahead and basically just stole his thunder entirely. It sounds like this dude's just butthurt. Like, so, I mean, he's not a big channel, is he? Uh, how many subscribers? Is, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's but. about as big as my channel, I guess, in terms of views okay. and subscribers. Coffee break? Yes. Well, okay, Kurs- so he, he's relatively well-known. Curse is at is like 10 million subscribers. Each oh, of their shit. videos gets like 5 million views, so they're quite a magnitude bigger. Yeah, it definitely seemed break. like Coffee Break was just trying to uh, to somehow create some sort of drama because he had this good idea. You know, he, he found this big channel that he's like, all right, cool, I can call out this channel and call out their video and uh, maybe get a little bit of drama press. Um, but then he sat on it too long. And so then, fuck, I can't even say the name of this other channel. Was it Kurz? Kurzgesagt. Kurzgesagt. Kurd, all right, Kurds. I'll just call them Kurds. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, Kurds just came out initially, and they said, all right, yeah, you know what? We did fuck up. But it's not like Coffee Break was the one that, that brought that to the table. Or I guess that's what he's claiming, though. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if... Curse Gazette decided to all of a sudden make their video after they anticipated that they were going to be grilled by the smaller smaller channel because you know how it works on YouTube. Yeah, uh, call out culture. That's how you come up. Yeah, if you're a small channel, that's how channel, IDubs you have to basically made his entire reputation calling out big channels with sure. facts and evidence. But what was the video? What was the video that uh, Coffee Break called out Kurds for? Well, it was originally going to be based on a video they did back in 2015 about addiction that was based on this one study that has since been largely discredited by the scientific community. But after curses that basically preempted him on making that point, he decided to just call him out on their most recent video that was literally about them being trustworthy. And he went on to say, oh, well, if you're so trustworthy, well, how come you deliberately delayed my email so that I couldn't make this video calling you out? So initially, like within the first 12 hours of Coffee Break uploading this, it was just a wildly successful for him. He was getting like a thousand subs an hour. Everyone's and on then his all side. of a sudden, uh, Kurzgesagt decides to respond and they open up a Twitter AMA and they show that <laughs> Coffee Break had omitted a very important detail where they actually had responded to right. one of his emails in a timely fashion and he... And they said, okay, we can do this interview now. And he basically said, no, we're going to have to wait a bit longer because I'm uploading this video. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's so, so he wanted to make this video. He wanted to call them out and have them respond. Um, and they're like, sure, absolutely. And, and the, the motherfucker that was initiating it all, he just sits on it. He doesn't even get back to him. So it's like, what the fuck? Of course they're just going to you know, come out with it first. So this they might whole, as well if it's such big news. This whole big thing just completely backfired on him. And then all of a sudden you, you had a bunch of big YouTubers taking um, taking Kurzgesagt's side. And at that point, it's just over for him. His video started off with like good ratings and then all of a sudden it just got hammered. Isn't it weird how quick it, it flips? And Coffee Break hasn't been online, I think, since then and i'm sure the next time he comes back he's gonna have to deal with haters and people calling him out yeah uh how was this social blade i'm trying to look it up now but my internet is fucking up oh uh, justin wang tweeted something out actually um oh yeah i think i saw that where it was dropping it looks like he's doing all right now it was like an inflection point where on the day he uploaded the video he was gaining like Oh, 3,000 subs, 3,000, 3,000, 2,000, 1,900, 900. And this is hour by hour. So 900, 500, 330, minus 28, minus 50. So it's just interesting. The real-time public opinion shift. 
everyone just kind of goes through this. I'm I've been lucky. I've never had a major, uh, I guess, criticism like public criticism against my channel where everything was just you know I'm losing subs every day and losing views. I guess you don't lose views, but but have have you experienced that? Because weren't you um, kind of in some controversy with right in 2017? I was actually in a very similar position where I made a call out video on behind the meme, and it went on to get a ton of views. It was very controversial. A lot of people still hate hate me to this day because of what I said in that video, uh, but I also gained a lot of new fans, and basically behind the meme didn't really do anything or say anything to counter because he doesn't really talk about YouTube drama, but in this case, Kurz is at actually responded to it immediately and sort yeah. of nipped it in the butt and completely reversed the uh, the ire of the audience. Uh, do you think it would have blown up to be as big as it was if he didn't? Or do you think it would have just maybe died out? Well, the problem with Coffee it's, Break's it's kind video... Of a, because it's usually, kind of a dumb concept. You know, usually what happens with these types of videos, these call-out videos, is that they become successful in stirring controversy. But the problem with Coffee Break is that he didn't really have a case and he omitted yeah. a very important detail that was sort of the crux of his entire argument in the first place. Sure. And you, you just got to have more than that. Like I've seen these call-outs happen all the time on YouTube and usually, at least short-term, they work. But in this case, it completely backfired on him. And I, it's, just a great, it's just a great example, a great lesson in youtube conduct where it's it's almost a i don't want to say a routine move at this point but it's just very common now where when you have a big channel there's much to be gained if you make a video exposing them yeah i mean and that's that's the fucking thing that i hate about youtube and have for several years is going into this like commentary channel uh genre where it's all just predicated on feeding on each other you're just looking for other youtubers that you can call out because people already know their names and you want them to know your name as well as the person that criticized them and it just fucking didn't work in this guy's case he was just trying to create drama and it really wasn't there he was trying to um exemplify criticism that wasn't well, valid what's interesting to me about all of this is that coffee breaking curse is that they're not commentary youtubers Obviously, right, ever, right, since, right, right, right. ever since the Leafy era, you had yeah. six or ten or twelve Leafy clones pop up, and they all make videos calling each other out. Well, Turkey Tom made his entire YouTube rise based on just saying the problem with this random YouTuber. And sure. I'd argue in the commentary community, it's actually become so uh, so saturated with people calling out everyone that the general audience doesn't know who to believe. Like no, it's people, fucking, and also it's retarded because I don't even know the fuck they're talking yeah, about. People anymore. only they're talking have, about a guy who criticized another guy who criticized another guy, or some and random the problem with this guy's Instagram person. Yeah, it's like who the fuck is that person? Why would I know them unless I'm I follow them on Instagram? But, but it's the you leafy, know, if it's, the le it's the whole leafy, the whole content cop formula. Where back in 2016, uh, YouTube, the YouTube commentary community wasn't nearly as self scrutinizing. As it is now, and back then there was a lot of green grass to chew on and a lot of gains to be made yeah, by yeah, calling yeah. out someone and making someone public enemy number one. But now there's just so many contenders. It's like a bunch of snakes in a pit all crossing yes, over each other. Exactly. There's too many. Like people only have room in their heads to fit like one or two enemies, and people just will stop listening when you come out every week saying, "Oh, this guy is the new enemy of YouTube." Here's the here's the problem with so and so. Hey, how about this? Create original content. Everyone's just commenting on each other's comments. It's fucking boring. That's my problem with, with commentary videos or commentary channels. You have to really have a unique opinion. And Emperor Lemon, I guess you kind of toe this line. And I don't mean all commentary channels. There's obviously some some great ones like um, like Nerd City. He, he kind of does a little bit of call-out videos, but... They're, he put so much effort into into his research. And there's a case. Like, yeah. There's an actual case there. There's it's not a, just someone's opinion on what this other person. Yeah, there's a thousand was. commentary channels saying that Jake Paul is dumb for doing whatever stupid thing he is that, put in the news cycle. But Nerd City actually right goes in and talks about 
like researches how he's violating FTC guidelines yeah. and how his yeah, yeah, merchandise yeah, yeah. is stolen, and he provides fresh insight as opposed to kind of the same derivative opinion just presented in a different British accent. So then it's like, okay, but are we just hypocrites? Because now what we're doing is commenting on the channel as a whole. I mean, there is some validity to this this uh, comedy, uh, commentary community criticism because we're criticizing everyone as a whole, but aren't we just remarking on someone else? Someone else is remarking on someone else. Well, ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's, it's all fucking, kind of similar in that way. We're but another like I snake said, in a pit. Like I said, it's it's the insight you provide that differentiates yourself from the rest. And sure. other than like Philly D and maybe Keemstar, I don't know. I wasn't keeping track of this on who was covering it. I was only looking at sort of the story itself with the two sides. But not many people really talked about this coffee break thing. And I think it is very interesting because coffee break's entire case was based on the idea of not what was right. Because if he, if he was actually caring about what was right and he wanted Curses at to produce fair content, well, yeah. Curses at kind of did everything he wanted on that end. They owned up to using an right, incorrect right, study right, in right. the past and they deleted the video. Wait, so if, but, if, you, but I was supposed to be the one that, that got all the credit for that. I know, I know. Yeah, so you're fucking lying then because you didn't give a fuck about him actually correcting his his science or his research. You just wanted to get a fucking recognition as being the guy who called out this huge channel. But on YouTube, I think that's a big thing in getting people in general to take your side where it has to you have to make yourself appear at least either you are or you're really good at lying about it. You have to make yourself appear that you're making the video to do what's right and you're not just chasing views or you don't want attention. And okay, unfortunately in the co in the uh, coffee break case it seems very petty on his end because coffee oh, yeah. or because curses at literally owned up and admitted to all the problems he had with them and made corrections, but that still wasn't really enough for him. And he was really only making the video because they stole his thunder. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you, if you want to insult someone, you want to say, Hey, that guy's fucking ugly. But right before you can, he goes, yeah, I know I'm an ugly fella and I got a, a dumb hairdo. You go, wait a minute, but but you're stupid, too. There's really nothing that, that coffee break. He doesn't really have any points. Hey, Emp, I really want to ask you this. Based on what you were just saying about um about kind of just going along with something that's going to get views or creating content so it'll get views and kind of faking your, your genuineness, have you ever done anything like that in your videos? Where I tried to make a video just to get views? Yeah, but but then you have to like you have to fake that fake concern or fake whatever. I don't really think so. Um, the behind the meme video, a lot of people will say I just did it for views and attention, but that's not true. I actually felt very passionate about how he was sort of misrepresenting the ideas of meme culture, and I I, I made a comment in the video. I was self aware about it. I said I bet this video is going to get a ton of views because it involves YouTube drama. I was only half expecting it, but what do you know, it ended up happening. But that was supposed to be just like the next Emperor Lemon video and not really anything special. Like, obviously now I don't really make videos with the intent of just cashing in on a popular trend. Sure. But a lot of people do. And it, oh, and it's, it, it's, it's impossible a, to even make a good video. You have to sit on it because the second some trend or some piece of controversy comes out, everyone has a video out on it. And roughly with the exact same opinion, which is the popular and obvious opinion. Oh, right. Daddy just, of Five? They, they yeah, just don't they take suck. enough. They just don't take enough time to develop sort of nuance and to sure. talking about an issue more thematically. I think that's why Content Cop was so successful. It's because Idos put a lot of effort into those videos, and he also sort of addressed the thematic and philosophical issues with the people he was talking about rather than just saying, this person right, right, right. went on Instagram and posted a photo of her ass crack. Ooh, these kids these kids watching, it's so cringy. Is that your iDubbbz impression? No, it's generic British leafy clone. Is that, is, that, uh, is that I am Alex? No, I'm not saying it's not based on anyone in particular. 
Okay. All right. All right. No, no, is that should... supposed to be? Oh, it's supposed to be Cavos. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you can. <laughs> I got to ask Turkey Tom on all the people. He probably knows more about that than I do because I don't really follow that scene. But it's a whole issue of um, just YouTube strategy, and I, I find it so interesting. It's like game yeah. theory applied to YouTube. Oh, and it works though. That's the thing. Is it fucking works? But does it work really? Yeah, because... yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you if you just sit in your room and you follow Twitter drama and you follow like all whatever streams will uh, show you which drama is like the newest drama, blah, blah, blah. And then you just film yourself, you know, read up on it in five minutes and then film yourself talking about it for five minutes. You don't have to have any interesting points. All you have to say is like, uh, yeah, that's really stupid. And oh, this person's really dumb. And then, you know, do a little creative editing throw some cuts in there where it it clips in on your mouth really quick as you go or some shit like that just yeah, to just people sam, interested sam hyde h3h3 derived editing right right it, but really it's like who gives a fuck like what are you actually bringing to the table but rusty it, i here's the thing i don't really think it's that successful long term it gives the well, illusion. Long term, long term, it could last forever. I mean, this is just drama. It's like well, drama's always been a thing. Well, I I've yet to see that really work as much in practice. Where... I'll tell you who it worked for. I'll tell you who it worked for. Uh, I, I am Alex. So when I uh, when I was in Manchester, I just reached a million subscribers, and he just got five hundred thousand. He's been doing the same format where it's like responding to drama channels or responding to videos but essentially it's just him filming himself talking uh you know i'm not really subscribed but but that works because your video is always going to show up in the top search results whenever people are searching for the thing that is popular or whatever you're talking about so almost by default it's going to work because well, they're going to find your video first the way the algorithm works now when i'm talking about youtube success i mean and, and I'm now not sorry really... so yeah, I'm not so really. So he went speaking. from five hundred thousand to like uh, uh, one point two million in less than three months. Right, I'm Alex is getting very good views, but here's the thing about views: it's that unless you build a reason, a core reason for people to watch you, and you differentiate yourself from everyone else, those views are not worth the numbers they're printed on. Yeah, I mean, in the short term, you can convert them. To money and you get like 10 12 11 year olds watching your videos but i'm talking about are you going to be making the same videos for 10 years and still have the same growth and i don't think you can achieve Dude, that fucking look at philip defranco he's been doing that shit since well philip defranco he he's not really he doesn't comment really on youtube issues he comments on well he news, no no so that's, but he but he's been he doing the same to, format but that's yeah, the he thing used to. That's and the that's thing. how he got can, to where he is now a lot of youtubers they ride the sort of commentary leafy formula up to a certain point and then they pivot away from it um pyrocynical is a good yeah. example of that where he talks a lot more about just kind of gaming stuff now you know it's weird he used to just be literally a leafing clone and i use literally no pun intended when i'm talking about leafy but if you they at the same time though yeah, like roughly but like they kind of like came up at the same time. If you go back on the web archive and look at their channels around March 2016, they're making the same fucking videos. They same thumbnail design, same True. pacing, same talking points. So a lot of people don't realize that about Power Single. He started off actually as a montage parody person, and then he became a leafy clone, and then he sort of branched off to become his own thing. So, so you're saying uh, you're saying, saying, saying you, can't, you can't get success from color culture, but eventually you have to branch off of that. Otherwise, because they're all fighting for the same audience, basically. It's the same thing I talked about with uh, Let's Plays on YouTube, where back in 2012, everyone thought they could get popular on YouTube by making Let's Plays. When really, it's only mm -hmm. a handful of channels, and these videos are so long where the audience only has enough time per day where maybe you can watch... All the Game Grumps videos and all the Markiplier videos and all the Jack Septicai videos, but where's the room for Joey YouTuber Twenty Two just starting out making Let's Plays? These markets they get saturated, and eventually the audience has to choose between you or some guy who does it better. 
Or and, it's like fucking they have to realize, do I really care about any of this shit? Exactly. I mean, Let's Plays are is whatever. It, it's right. It's oversaturated. I, I mean, I just get fucking annoyed because it's like I want to see people doing something new, doing something that they create and put out there or get, or give an opinion that's like it, it uh, expands your understanding on something rather than them just remarking on it. And it's fucking annoying because it's just like it's so incestual. Right, that's uh, the thing. A can, lot of these videos, they're they're very vapid and they're very right. temporary. You can't go back four months later and have the same entertainment value out of it because a lot of these issues they become completely irrelevant. And in sure. the words of Sam Hyde, it's the intellectual equivalent of popcorn. Like a lot of these guys, they're just making popcorn. It's the snack food genre of YouTube where you can't survive on a diet entirely of Lay's chips, but they sure are good to eat sometimes. And you know, I can't popular, blame them, though. And you can sell lots of bags of Lay's. I can't blame them because, because like, they're they're doing this, uh, and, and they're just remarking on, on, like, the quick, the easy and quick sell, and they're they're making money. What if that's all they set out to do? It's like, fuck it, dude. Uh, that's your hustle. Make some cash. Um, and then later, they can pivot into something else once they're ridiculously successful and they've made a, a million dollars from talking about YouTube drama. Well... That's the goal. But I'm just saying that success in that field is pretty difficult. Like ultimate success, long-term you think success. So? Well, what do you mean long-term success? Like it seems like most of them are doing very it's well. Like, no, the channels it's easy. blow up quick. They That's make the a thing, lot of though. cash. That's the thing though, Rusty. It's merch. easy. It's easy to look at the success stories, but it's difficult to look at all the channels that failed. I do want to see some that fail because uh, that would be interesting. I'd like to see some that are actually doing it right, that that put in the same video production value and they they have good audio and yet they still suck. Because most of the commentary channels that are trying to you know just clone all what they've already seen to be popular, um, they're they're recording absolute shit and they're they're filming on their uh, iPhone speakers or whatever, which are actually probably pretty good now. But the problem is that they really don't have anything interesting to say. And that's, I guess, where I guess I have to call myself out. Like, It's not easy to just turn a camera on and sit in front of a microphone and formulate an entertaining idea or criticism about something that's happening, uh, some pop culture shit that's happening. Especially when it's a day old. Well, yeah, yeah, right. You have to like come out with it instantly, and you have to formulate yeah, some sort race. of opinion. It's a rat and race to the top. Wh- whenever this happens, like, because I, I want to try to do this for a little bit. Like, I always wanted to be on the cutting edge, but I could not think about why I even give a fuck. I'm saying about uh, whatever's happening. What I'm saying is that a system like this, where it's a trending topic and there's a time limit of relevancy, mm-hmm. it creates a lot more losers than winners, and you don't get to see the losers. So everyone thinks there's only winners, but I'm sure if you actually got in the field and tried this, you find that it's pretty difficult to compete with about 50 other channels oh, making yeah. videos yeah, yeah. on the same topics, and they have more views and subscribers than you, so they dominate you in SEO. You know how many times I've seen do? this? Like, I'm subscribed to several channels that are, like, commentary, and if they're they're trying to come out with a video within the first week, they all have the exact same opinion. And it's like, all right, I already saw the H3H3 opinion on this. Now let me... See, uh, or maybe I saw the uh, Philip DeFranco one, and then H3H3 H3 comes out with it, and they're saying the exact same thing. Like, hey, this person did this, and it's bad. Yeah, we got it. Uh, but there's there's really no, like, ingenuity, I guess, if that's even the correct word. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's the reason why people like this show so much is because we cover the topics two weeks after they've gone out of the news cycle. Yeah, but and... this is different, man. Emp, I'm trying to tell you, I say that we have to talk about shit as soon as it happens, because then we're just getting our raw opinions. And yeah, we might be wrong. We might come off like idiots. But, well, fuck, man. Maybe I'm just a hypocrite I don't think here. so. I disagree. I think that the number one objective out of any online property to become successful is that you have to differentiate yourself from the crowd so that people pay attention to you. Now, I like to say that we intentionally delay talking about this stuff because we're evil geniuses yeah, right. and we're just gaming the system. Which isn't true. No, yeah, we just just get busy and then put stuff on the back burner, and that's just a consequence of us not wanting to do it immediately. But 
I don't know, the show's kind of taken off. But every time a yeah. big... But you see it all the time in podcasts, too. Every time there's a big news event, all the podcasts are covering it. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's That's what I like, though. It's difficult I, I like to be nuanced, that. though. It's difficult to have a unique take out of something that's less than 24 hours old well do you have is it necessary that you have to have a unique take or you just have to give your raw your raw first time emotion because this is how people talk to each other in real life you know i mean Emp, if you came over to my house and what you every time you do come over uh we're talking about we're talking about like the shit that just happened yeah and uh, we're giving our opinions on it and i think that gives a little bit more insight on the person that that you're hearing from the person but it worries me it worries me to record that and put it online and it, you have it to might realize sound like that, an idiot later well there's that either like making assumptions or generalizations when all when not all the facts comes come in and then yeah, yeah, yeah. some big revelation happens a week later and you look like a dumbass right when well, then but what you do also delete the, fact, the podcast and look like a jackass there's also the fact that like the joe rogan's the h3 productions they're all talking about the same thing if you're Thinking about reaching your podcast listeners, are they going to choose you or are they going to choose the established guy that they already know? And so that's why I think it's important, at least, to do something different. Yeah, but are we, are we really doing something different? I mean, we're, we're just talking about well, the same lot, things we that are they all talked about, about, we're talking about but the two weeks things. late. Well, we're just late on it. There's definitely a lot more space back here. I don't know. Um, maybe this podcast will flatline. And we've already reached our peak in viewers, or maybe not. Maybe we'll become the next huge thing. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, we're we're just, gonna grow and obviously get better. Just in my general experience on YouTube, the channels that stick around, the channels that continue to get viewers year after year and don't fade away, are the ones that do their own thing and cover unique topics and don't chase after trending issues. I would disagree. Really? I would disagree. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you're you throw out a couple examples there i mean if we're talking about philip defranco he's grown specifically because of that drama alert has grown because of that um for well, a little bit there grade a did joe rogan h3h3 hang on now. leafy all these channels became huge because i am alex they all became huge because they're they're talking about what's popular right then well yes there are going to be success stories out of any of these these are very lucrative genres if you can get out and be that number one thing it's based on like a it ends up becoming a Pareto distribution where mm -hmm. the rich just get richer and if you get into that number one spot in your genre then you are just set but what i'm talking about is the unseen 80 percent of channels that do the same thing do the same formula and you just never hear about them and yeah it's obviously it's easy to look at and point at the success stories because that's all you see but I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of channels out there where they try to do it and they just can't because there's not enough green grass left for them to you feed know what on. I've You know what I've seen, though? A lot of these channels that don't make it is they just they sound like idiots. Like they're just straight up spurgs trying to copy what they already just saw. But that's the thing, though. If they didn't copy and if they put their own unique spin on it, yeah. then they would have a much better chance. But you're basically just in the freaking dust of a massive channel ahead of you. And well, what I agree do you with think you a little bit. Happen? You just get and run you, over. You have a bias, too, because, I, I mean, I, I, your Leafy video, for instance, that's was way outdated, uh, at least for the, the, the time of the drama. But that exactly. was a great video. Uh, and, and another example. But it got be, a lot of views. That's what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But like Gokunaro as well, um, his H3H3 criticism, like it just really went back and tore it apart for a long time. Or it, it went way back and now it's popular. But that wasn't like cutting edge necessarily. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming but from. But here's the thing, but... though. People appreciate the effort. Like people... Oh yeah, the, yeah. The no doubt, audience, It's fucking each, right. Every year that goes by, the YouTube general audience is becoming more and more self-aware. And they actually are developing a taste for quality and yeah. people can go back and they've commented on the video. Like some people say they've watched my leafy video five times. People can go Jesus. back and watch that video because it works as a video on its own. It can stand on its own legs as opposed to 
random commentator right, number right, 53 right. commentating what happened to leafy is he well content cop destroyed his channel you can't watch that video over again and get the same entertainment value sure. as opposed to my video where numbers. i sat down I mean, and put a bunch of effort into it yeah but it's a and, different it's a different business strategy and and it were and you're saying like yeah uh, that's what i'm talking the, about i argue you that said the other the long-term strategy is more successful but all people are, are going to fail in all different genres because there's people that are trying to do essay like stuff uh like you do i don't think so but, i'd argue if you as long as you're distinct on youtube and that's the big caveat mm-hmm. i mean to what extent is something derivative and to what extent is something original but i would argue if you're starting a youtube channel today you have a much better chance of succeeding if you do something completely brand new that's never been attempted before compared to just copying something that already exists no i agree i agree um do you have you ever seen anyone clone your videos? Um, that's kind. Of, it's kind of a narcissistic question, gosh, but I like, really, I don't really. Yeah, know are there like Emperor Lemon clones out there? Because I, I like intentionally make my videos kind of weird and right. esoteric in a way, so that I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I no, that's a dumb I like, question. I like to because... pride myself on having a very distinct style. But also YouTube builds on itself so often that it, I guess if you're looking at a channel and saying, yeah, that person copied me. It's like, well, dude, fucking everyone copied everyone on YouTube to some degree because we saw something that well, there's got a, us th- into it. There's the idea of copying someone's style and their mannerisms and their yeah. sort of editing tricks. And then there's just covering a similar topic. Now, actually, uh, Quentin Reviews made a SpongeBob video. Right. After Steven Hillenburg's passing, which came about two months after my video on SpongeBob. And a was lot that pe- two months after? I thought that was within the same week. I, I feel like I saw both of them very, very soon. What, my SpongeBob video? That was uploaded September and, of last and Quentin's. year. When did Quentin upload it? Quentin's his? was uploaded after Steven Hillenburg's death, which I think was in November. So we're looking at, at about a two-month gap. And a lot of people commented, or... I don't know. A lot of people messaged me, said that Quentin was copying me, but I don't really think so. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, so two years ago, he had a video called How SpongeBob Predicted Meme Culture. So he already had one video out. And then, yeah, three months ago, oh, and fucking you'll love this title, SpongeBob was the best show ever. So do you think that he stole your never ever? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a very topical issue considering it was like a whole week of remembrance after the death of Steven Hillenburg, where people went back and reflected on the greatness of SpongeBob. These things, it's easy to sit back and say, oh, he copied me. Oh, I was the first. But I, you have to realize that so much, so much stuff on YouTube evolves collinearly. Yeah. Where you see it, you see it in nature too. Like there's sort of a version of a wolf on every continent but a lot of them i know in a lot of biological evolutionary science they discover species that evolved completely independently but they look kind of the same it's just an aspect of naturally selecting into a very similar environment and i feel like that's what happens on youtube too Mm -hmm. where a lot of youtubers think oh this is the most original idea ever when really yeah they're thinking exactly the same as about 50 other guys and and that's the thing too. Like if you're making a video about SpongeBob, like it, and that seems like that's the problem. The criticism that I have with Coffee Break is that he's mad. It's like, well, these people, uh, you know, they they made a video calling themselves out. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like you didn't invent the genre of so like self criticism or you know anyone making a video about SpongeBob. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of crossover points and well in coffee breaks defense his case here was that he felt like he directly inspired the curses that video because sure he saw he thought that only his email correspondence prompted them to take action but still though there's a certain level of integrity you have to have on youtube in order for people to buy into you you have to buy into the audience you have to make them your priority now i have a very mixed relationship with sort of the idea of my YouTube audience, but right. I still care about doing a good job with my videos and not just cashing in on a trending thing. 
that's how I feel a lot of times where I, I want to make a video about something popular and, and maybe I have some sort of opinion, but the second I feel like I have to ham up my argument or my, my motivation or my emotional backing, like why would I even want to make this? I just feel like I'm fucking lying yeah. and uh, I just give up on it. Or else I'm, I'm pretending to be outraged for the sake of, of inspiring my audience to be outraged along with me. But do I really care? But people, Oftentimes, yeah, and not people, so much. People take notice to that. Yeah. Eventually, when you do it for long enough, in the case of just random commentary YouTubers, they might discover you because you made the first video calling out this guy who nobody else thought to call out. Right. But then you got to follow it up with basically the same formula. And it's like the same thing with people who watch the news all the time, where it's like, oh, negative, negative, this this guy sucks, this thing sucks. Oh, yeah, because that's what works. People get tired of that. Like, not everyone wants to come to YouTube and hear about how this one channel they thought was good is bad. Yeah, m- my criticism about this person's criticism. And eventually, eventually people will stop watching you. Do they, though? I, I, I do want to see some of these channels that fall well, off. I, I imagine it as a conveyor belt cause, because this type of content is very popular with younger, early teenage kids. Yeah, yeah, because that shit's fun and you want to be in a know and all that shit. I remember when I was that age, I, I used to watch The Archfiend. And I don't know if any of you out there remember The Archfiend. I don't think he makes videos anymore, but he made videos calling out Ray William Johnson. I used to think they were the greatest thing ever and like, Ray William Johnson, fuck him. And he actually did turn out to be kind of scumbag but what's still, he a though, scumbag is he's just a fucking he's just annoying as no shit. he like no like people started making videos of him in like 2019 and he started copyright claiming the videos oh he's yeah a, you know what i think's funny dickhead. about ray william johnson he, he, so whenever he quit youtube he's like hey, hey i'm quitting uh equals three isn't that what it's called his show yeah yeah, so he's like, I'm quitting this because I, you know, I want to move on to bigger At and better things. At one point, the like, number one YouTuber of, on the entire site. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, the knife game was they, they would show every clip that was not mine. That made me not like them. <laughs> oh, you got you got knife game got on equals three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other people's. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm going to become a director and start doing bigger things. All he did was move to Facebook and do the exact same thing that he was doing. On a, he just makes horrific, horrifically unfunny skits on Facebook. No, but that's and the gets thing. a shitload of views though because it works there. Probably well, better money too. Anyway, what I was saying earlier is that I used to love the Archfiend, and I subscribed to him literally because he was making fun of Shane Dawson and Ray William Johnson, and that kind of stuff is attractive to like young boys especially. But eventually, those people grow up. And all of a sudden, you become the person that is being made fun of. It's like um, yeah, all the kids right now who are fans of Jake Paul, they're going to look back on it in about three years and cringe just because it's so obviously just a marketing thing towards kids. And whenever growing up, it's just a natural part of growing up. Whatever you loved three years ago becomes lame and stupid in the present. It becomes gay. Hey, you know what I think this is? I, I think that the reason why this is so popular with kids is because there's kind of this uh, instinctual thing where you want to be the alpha and you want to be the bully. You know, the one on top. Yeah, that's and what so happened. people are, yeah, you're just living around like, the age, around, around the age when you go to middle school, kids just have this inherent desire to establish hierarchy. Sure. And there's hierarchy to be established on YouTube. There's a pecking order of people whom you can attack and sort of guarantee relative success in starting drama with them. And there's people who you absolutely cannot attack and they will get militantly defended regardless of how good your arguments are against them. Who's higher up on the hierarchy? Turkey Tom or Gokunaru? Oh. Dude, I don't know. Turkey Tom really fucked up a lot of the time, but he was number one. He was in that number one spot. But he is team's not talking about him anymore. But it's very, he he does have the excuse of being really young when he did it, and I don't know. It's hard to say. The pecking order gets established through time, 
based on who gets called out. And all these YouTubers basically go to war and one side wins. You know, the real hurtful thing is is um, when you've been on YouTube for like 10 years and really nobody calls you out for anything. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I can't even be the subject of of a, a criticism or commentary channels. And, and that's, that's why probably I'm so bitter. That's the fear. I think that's what happens to a lot of channels because I go back to my example with Let's Players, which is sort of the big thing on YouTube before YouTube drama era. Where Captain Sparkles today, he was at one point in the top 30, in the top 30 most subscribed channels on YouTube. Probably the biggest Minecraft channel, which was the biggest, most popular video game of the 2010s. And you look at his channel today and he barely gets a scratch of the views that he once did. Right, right, right. And it's it's just really sad to go look at it. And he's still pumping out videos just like he used to. He's still using the same formula. And now he's moved on to playing Fortnite or whatever is the new trendy game. But people move on. That's the problem with having an audience of kids or young teenagers. Mm -hmm. They grow up. Well, you have to have something else to offer them for when they grow up. I mean, personally, like I I have a very split audience because I, I do multiple things on my channel. But, you know, I bring all these these younger children in because of the knife game. And then once they grow out of it or whatever, maybe they'll find my music or, like, uh, commentary-esque videos. They'll find them more entertaining. Uh, but, yeah, like, you, you have to have, like, a, a cross-age style of content. I'm trying to think of, like, uh, maybe, like, Looney Tunes or something where it can appeal to a six-year-old just as much as it could appeal to a 16-year-old or even a 26-year-old. Yeah. On, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can open up a toy channel and make horrible content for kids, and they'll watch it anyway because they don't know any better. Yeah, they're And stupid. you'll get a lot of views. But you'll never be respected by anyone for it because it's easy. And the commentary channels, a lot, I feel like a lot of them are sort of in the middle of that spectrum where they have a bit older of an audience. Kids just starting to go through middle school are usually fans of that type of stuff. But you kind of suffer from the same problems. It's just a toy channel. It's just that your audience is six years older. Right. And eventually they'll grow out of you. And 10 years from now they'll say, hey, remember that channel you used to watch? Man, that was dumb. Everything I did as a kid was dumb. And I think that that's going to happen with everyone. I think that's going to happen with all of us. No, well, this is going to be like a, a distant... It's just going to be like a, a fever dream from the past that people will say, hey, remember Monkey? Like, Monkey fucking sucks. You know, his channel's gone. And how long will that stay in people's minds? How long will they remember or keep, uh, you know, justice for Monkey as their their um, their names on Twitter or something? I don't know. Eventually... All that stuff sort of peters out, but I guess that issue, happens to everyone in all. In the issue of respect, yes. Once you have an old enough audience, they'll start to stick with you and respect you more. It's start, right, right, it's, right. It starts to sort of top out. Maybe once your viewers start to get eighteen. Yeah, 19, once they get 20. out of like the edgy, the edgy aging stage. I mean, I remember whenever I was like fifteen, fourteen through sixteen or something like that. I was really big into Bam Margera. And looking back, I go, what a fucking cringy piece of shit. Not only me, but also Bam. Uh, it's, it's just this, like, I don't know. Um, like, I'd want to, like, model myself after, like, CKY videos and jackass shit. But you look back and go, oh, that was pretty dumb. Haha. <laughs> I guess I was very angsty at the time. But you have to imagine that's what kids are going to be like who watch Jake Paul now or oh, yeah, some of yeah. these commentary YouTubers. Sure, Ten that's years exactly from now, they're what look I was back saying. on that. Yeah, like, um, that's what I was talking to Nerd City about when we were first trying to conceive the um, the Jake Paul video. I was hanging out with him, and that was my criticism. I was saying, like, yeah, this guy might, to us, he might look like this huge piece of shit, but think about who we looked up to. It was Tom Green, you know, who would essentially do the exact same skits. He would go on a golf course and hit an air horn right when someone was swinging so that they would, you know, wildly hit the ball out into the woods. Uh, he was an annoying piece of shit. But that was funny then, and so it's hard to like look back as an adult and go, well, th- this guy doing this now, he's a piece of shit, when really it's like, that's how kind of everyone was, and we were into the same stuff. 
Yeah, I, I guess my current theory going forward is you have to stick to one end or the other. You have to either be a shameless kids channel with no personality and you literally just make robotic machine-generated content for kids who are too ignorant and dumb to know better. Or you have to make stuff that's really esoteric and doesn't rely on teenage angst to get views. Yeah, yeah. I'd say if uh, you get caught in the middle, you risk becoming irrelevant because those two sides... Hitting hitting close to home. Those two sides are going to be kind of permanent. Adults and kids who don't know any better. But that part in the middle where people are growing up, going through teenage angst, going through their edgy phase, it's always just a bubbling, ever-changing cauldron. And I would say it's unwise to try to recruit that as your audience if you want long-term success. I think something that will always be cool is smoking cigarettes. Yes. So I think if you can just smoke cigarettes in your video, well, I guess you can't do that anymore on YouTube. But No, um, Rusty, everyone just jewels now. Why don't you start uh, jeweling right. like the, the rest of the Dude, world, you're, you're the fucking right. century? Right as I was saying that, I was re- uh, everyone does just vape. They all got their jewels. This is not sponsored by Jewel, by the way, and I think they're kind of dumb. They look like, hey, someone mentioned this idea to me. Uh, make a jewel uh, in the shape of a tech deck so you can you can hide it while you're at school. Oh, yeah, that's like radical, tech dude. That's so awesome. And then you'll awesome. be really cool. My middle school brain just wants to buy that for $35. That's my entire allowance for the week. Sure. Damn, that's a fucking expensive allowance. I used to get a nickel. <laughs> and me and my sister we could go to the um we could go to the picture shows on a friday night ah yes it was a long time ago though careful though the bread lines are stretching around the block they might yeah. get in your way yeah some of those guys will will pick your pocket and ask for money ask for a dime when the, you don't even have it um hey what the fuck were we going to talk about we're going to talk about a donald trump the Mueller investigation are we going to save that for another time? I think it's better to have Mumpkey on. He's a lot more politically involved. Okay. But, um, yeah, that would be good. It is weird not having Mumpkey on. Have we ever done a podcast without Mumpkey and I think w- no we, other people? We recorded one but never ended up uploading it. True. Well, we're going to have to. All right, is everyone. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed our discussion of YouTube dramas any aspiring youtubers listening to this i hope you heed my advice because i'm right and everyone else is wrong yeah all right so we will catch you on the next episode later fellas